Hey Mosaic, welcome to our online service. My name is Eric and I get to be the pastor here at Mosaic. Thanks for joining us today. Well, this week I had something happen that's honestly never happened to me before. I have been a part of Twitter for a number of years now. Um, I like to go on there, it's probably my favorite social media platform. And this week I had my first viral tweet, my first tweet that went way beyond anything I could ever imagine. Uh, normally when I post a tweet, I get maybe maybe two likes on there. Uh, every once in a blue moon, I might get a retweet, but it's pretty rare for me to get really any kind of interaction. I'm on there mostly to consume content, read the wisdom of others. Uh, this week, I just shared my feelings kind of just honestly as a pastor, that it has been a very, very hard season, a very, very hard week. And man, that tweet exploded. Uh, almost 2,500 people have liked it. Uh, a number of people had shared it. And what was crazy is over 400 people across the world commented that they are praying for me. Honestly, I was just blown away by the support of my brothers and sisters in the kingdom around the world. And it reminds me that we are not alone. <laughs> that even though it feels like we are stuck at home in quarantine, we can't gather physically as a church yet, and, and all these things, we are not alone. Psalm 34 verse 18 says, The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. I don't know about you, but this week, I've been crushed in spirit. I've been brokenhearted. And it gives me such comfort to know the Lord is near. I don't know where you are today, but I do know that if you feel crushed in spirit, if you feel broken, if you feel brokenhearted, that the Lord is near to you. This week has been a tough week. And yesterday as I looked at, okay, what am I preaching on this week again? Or in the book of Proverbs, but I, I can't really remember. Uh, and I looked it up and I was like, oh yeah, how to heal from hurt. <laughs> and I was like, all right, Jesus, I, I don't know what to do with that because this is either the message I really need to preach to myself or I need to skip it for another time. And uh, after talking with a couple of pastor friends, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to preach this sermon to me. And so you can listen along. <laughs> and hopefully glean something from it. But this is really for me and my heart. And uh, this is what I need right now, uh, how to heal from a hurt. You know, the reality is that all of us face so much hurt uh, throughout lives. Uh, we have financial difficulties, uh, emotional, spiritual, physical. Uh, for me, this season has been so tough. You know, whether it's, uh, you know, not getting to go to the gym, which has been my safe place for the last number of years, uh, I was telling a friend that since about the age of 17, I've gone to uh, the gym two to usually three times a week since age of 17. Uh, I'm 40, so that's a lot of years <laughs> that I am used to going to the gym. And I haven't since all this started, gone to the gym. And man, that's taking a toll. Uh, putting on the quarantine 15 and just not having that outlet to go and pray and work out. And, and, and I'm having to learn new ways to connect with God because I don't have that time set aside to go to the gym. Uh, ever since I was a little child, our family went to church two, three times a week. 
Uh, even if we're on vacation, we're visiting family in Iowa, we went to church. Uh, that was just part of our daily routine, that we were always at church. When Chris and I go on vacation somewhere, whether it's in Washington or Arizona or somewhere else, uh, I always like, hey, where can we go to church? Where can we go visit? Because that's where I get filled up. I love worshiping with God's people, hearing good teaching. And the fact that we can't gather physically in a building as a church, man, that has been so hard for me. But we all experience different kind of hurts. And when we experience hurt, what we have to do is first, we have to interpret why did it happen? And second, how are we gonna respond to this hurt? First, interpret why did this happen to us? And second, how are we gonna respond to this hurt? Before we dive in today, uh, I just wanna encourage you to just join me in a word of prayer. God, thank you that you are here with us. God, I thank you that you are close to the brokenhearted. You save the crushed in spirit. Jesus, this has been a tough week. It's been a tough month, a tough season for so many of us. And God, I just pray that you continue to be with us, that we'd feel your presence. Um, And even when we don't feel you, that we would know that you are near. In your name we pray, amen. Well, when we are facing hurt, there's really three basic responses that we can see from the book of Proverbs. The first is really a response of evil. And that is that you justify hurting others out of your hurt. You justify hurting others out of your hurt. So often, hurt people hurt people. Hurt people hurt people. So many times, someone maybe has experienced pain or hurt or abuse in their past, and they lash out at others. And that is not the way of Jesus, is not getting revenge, not lashing out and hurting people when we have been hurt. The second response we see in the book of Proverbs to hurt is the foolish response. This is where you blame others, you make excuses, or you just don't even deal with it, you ignore it and and don't acknowledge the pain that you've gone through. And the book of Proverbs says that's the foolish way to deal with pain and hurt and, and suffering. And really the third way is the way of wisdom, that you seek God and you seek wise counsel to interpret, okay, why did this happen? What are the underlying root causes of this? And you look for God's wisdom to find a solution. We want to follow the path of wisdom. We don't want to follow the path of evil, the path of foolishness, but we want to follow the path that is wise. Well, for those of us who have hurt people come to us, What's the wise thing to do when hurt people come to us? Number one, wise counsel listens to the hurt person. We listen. We don't seek to fix it or offer advice right away. First, we want to listen. Ask questions like, tell me what happened. and How did this make you feel? How are you responding? How are you processing all that is going on? The second thing we see is that wisdom is knowing which truth applies to each person in their situation. This is why we are going through the book of Proverbs. We are asking for God's spirit to come into us so we know the right thing to say when people come to us who are hurting, who are experiencing pain and brokenness. And we say, okay, God, give me the wisdom to know the right words to say, the right scriptures to share when people are hurting. And third, we need to know that we worsen hurt when we give the wrong prescription. The book of Job is a great case study in misdiagnosis and giving the wrong 
prescription. Those friends didn't know what was going on. And they said, just curse God and die, Job. And he's like, no, I didn't do anything wrong. And he's waiting on God to, to show up. When we give wrong information, when we give the wrong diagnosis, it does more hurt than good. Now, when we are hurting, here's some questions we can ask. Number one, we can ask, is my hurt caused by my sin? This is a tough one to ask. Is my hurt caused by my sin? Proverbs 20 verse 9 says this, Who can say, I have made my heart pure? I'm clean from my sin. See, the reality is none of us are perfect. We all mess up. We all make mistakes. And even though we receive grace and forgiveness from God and grace and forgiveness from others so many times, but also our sin can hurt others and cause hurt to come upon us. And see, wisdom requires us to, to seek patterns to our behaviors, to say, okay, if, if I keep leaving jobs and I'm always blaming my boss, maybe the problem isn't my boss, maybe the problem is me. If I keep having relationships that end poorly, maybe the problem isn't them, maybe the problem is me. And this is a tough one, but we want to ask God to search our hearts and know us. Psalm 139 tells us, so that God, with his surgical knife, can get in there and do that hard work to purify our hearts and minds and souls. Because the reality is, none of us are perfect. No one can say, I've made my heart pure. Only God can do that. Proverbs 19.3 says, when a man's folly brings his way to ruin, his heart rages against the Lord. Sometimes we mess up, we make mistakes, but we're angry at God and we feel justified in our bad behavior and, and lashing out at other people. See, until the heart has the want to to change, there's no benefit for learning the how-to. <laughs> there's no good learning you know, how this how-to step of self-help until we have the desire to actually change. Proverbs 14, 16 says this, One who is wise is cautious and turns away from evil but a fool is reckless and careless. Repentance is turning away from evil, a change of heart, a change of hands, a change of your head. We've talked many times about this word teshuva, which is the Hebrew word for repentance. It's as if you're in a walk in the woods and you look down and you realize you've gone away from the path and you need to turn and go back onto the path that leads towards life and leads towards Jesus. Maybe there's something in your life you need to repent of. Maybe it's gossiping to a friend about a situation that you should have gone to the person about, but instead you've been talking to your friends about it. Maybe it's realizing, you know what? I have not been a generous person. I am not giving and tithing back to God 10%. I've been hoarding all my money for myself and, and, and for myself, and I really haven't been a generous person. You know what? Uh, I'm going to repent of the pride in my heart that when someone challenges me on something, I rise up and say, who are you to, to challenge me on this? Maybe it's just whatever it might be, what God is bringing to your attention. We all need to repent, to turn from the way we have been going and to go down the path that leads towards wisdom and towards God. The second question we want to ask is, did someone sin against you or hurt you? Did someone sin against you or hurt you? Proverbs 14.10 says, the heart knows its own bitterness. And no stranger shares its joy. See, when we have hurt feelings, it can easily turn into bitterness. And unforgiveness robs life of all 
joy. When we don't offer forgiveness to those who have hurt us, it will rob our life of all joy. And when we keep that hurt inside, it turns into bitterness. And here's a key point too, is that when we carry other people's hurts, that very often leads towards bitterness. See, God gives us grace for the hurts that we go through and the pain that we are going through. But I don't believe God gives us grace to carry other people's hurts. So right now, if you're carrying offense for someone else or hurt of someone else, you need to let that go because that is going to turn into bitterness in your heart. And you need to encourage your friend to go to that person who has an issue. And what Matthew 18 says is to go talk to that person. And if that conversation doesn't go well, then you bring along another believer. And then if that doesn't go well, then you bring them to the leadership of the church. That is the pathway towards forgiveness and and not having bitterness in our hearts and unforgiveness. Proverbs 23, 17 says this, Let not your heart envy sinners, but continue in the fear of the Lord all day long. It can be so easy to look at those who are evil and foolish and be like, you know what? I'm just going to repay them for what they did. I'm either going to withhold my love. I'm going to pull back. I'm going to make them suffer. The proverb says, don't do that. Don't be like the wicked. Don't be like the evil. Don't be like the foolish and return evil for evil. But continue in the fear of the Lord all day long. Proverbs 24, 17 says this, Do not rejoice when your enemy falls, and let not your heart be glad when he stumbles. This is a hard one for me because what this is telling us is that the true test of forgiveness is if you move from the place of wanting them to fail to praying that they would be blessed. It's kind of silly, but I was in this band in high school called Blink with some of my closest friends. Uh, these are dear friends of mine that I'd known for, for years and years and years, and we'd been in Sunday school together for 10, 15 years and mission trips and all these things. And, and when the band broke up, uh, they kind of kicked me out and I went to start a different band and, and the three of them continued on. Man, I had hurt. I had some bitterness in my heart. And I remember about, about a year, year and a half later, I started praying for their band, that their band would succeed and flourish and be blessed. And that is when I knew that I was able to actually forgive them and to move on and give that hurt over to God when I was actually praying for their blessing. I want to encourage you, if there's someone who has hurt you, start praying that God would bless them. And it's not going to be easy. It's going to be hard. But that is a test of knowing that you truly have given that over to God. You've forgiven them when you are praying for their favor, when you are praying for their blessing. That's not an easy thing. But that is the way of Jesus. Well, I want to talk a little bit about what forgiveness is and what forgiveness isn't. Forgiveness is not just a one-time event. Forgiveness is not just a one-time event. You know, so often I'll tell my kids you know, when, they, when they mess up, it's like, say you're sorry, and I'm sorry. Well, that's not forgiveness, and that's not restoration of a relationship. Forgiveness is both a one-time event and also an ongoing process. Again, if you've hurt and, and, and you're struggling with forgiveness, I want to encourage you to read Matthew chapter 18. It talks a lot about forgiveness. And Jesus was talking about forgiveness with his disciples. And they asked him, Jesus, uh, how many times do I forgive my brother? Uh, how many times do I forgive him for being unclear in his communication? How many times do I forgive him for saying something stupid that hurt my feelings? How many times do I forgive him for showing up late? How many times do I forgive him for 
not thinking about me and following up with me or whatever that might be. One, two, three times? Seven times. How about when, when this person hurts me seven times, that's the limit. And the disciples are thinking, wow, this is pretty good. Like, you know, I'm not saying I'm going to, you know, leave the church or I'm going to, you know, uh, leave this relationship when, when someone hurts me, you know, just, you know, one or two times, but seven times. Like, that, that's a lot. You know, Jesus says, forgive them 70 times, seven times. Now, he's not literally looking for a number. It's kind of like just uh, a rabbi's way of instructing the disciples that it, it's just a, a, an absurd number. Like, who's going to keep track of how many times someone's offended you of 70 times seven? The reality is there is no limit towards forgiveness. And this is the way of Jesus. And it's so hard. Number two, forgiveness is not enabling crime. It's not enabling foolishness, irresponsibility, or sin. Forgiveness is not enabling those behaviors. If you are in a destructive relationship, you don't just keep forgiving that person and enabling their, their foolishness, their irresponsibility, or their crime. Number three, forgiveness is not trust or reconciliation. Big difference. Forgiveness is not the same as trust or reconciliation. If someone has hurt you and wounded you, they may need to rebuild that trust over time. It may take time to, to reconcile that relationship, to get back into that relationship the way it was before. And the truth is that may never happen. That is different than forgiveness. Forgiveness is carrying that hurt and that pain that will so easily turn into bitterness. Instead, we give that to Jesus as both a one-time event and an ongoing event, 70 times seven, more times than seems rational, we give it over to Jesus. But if someone keeps hurting us, sometimes then we have to have a break in relationship and, and, and say, it's going to take some time for you to rebuild my trust. It's going to take some time to reconcile this relationship. That's okay. Trust and reconciliation is different than forgiveness. So what, what is forgiveness? Forgiveness is responding to Jesus instead of the hurt. It's saying that forgiven people should forgive people. If you and I have been forgiven by Jesus for all the wrongs that we've done, for all the things we should have done that we didn't do that are good, if Jesus has forgiven us, then we should give our hurts and our pain over to Jesus. Because as forgiven people, we should be forgiving people. Forgiven people should forgive people. Forgiveness is transferring the burden to God. It's saying, man, I feel like someone has to pay. And Jesus says, someone did pay. Jesus on the cross carried all that shame, all that weight. So we don't have to keep carrying it. We're not equipped to hold on to that hurt. We need to give that over to Jesus. And third, it's letting go of both the sin and the stress. It's letting go of the sin that's been done to us, the stress that it's causing in our life, and saying, I'm giving this into your hands, Jesus. I trust you with this. I trust you that you will enact justice. And you're going to let go of that offense. You're going to give it over to Jesus. You're going to start praying for their health and their blessing. Proverbs 23, 23 says this, Get the truth and never sell it. Also get wisdom, discipline, and good judgment. We need to seek after wisdom. We need to pursue it. And the way of Jesus is, is letting go of forgiveness, of letting go of our hurts, and letting him carry that. Well, as we wrap up today, I just want to ask you, how has life broken you? 
Proverbs 15, 13 says, A glad heart makes a cheerful face, but by sorrow of heart the spirit is crushed. A glad heart makes a cheerful face, but by sorrow the heart of the spirit is crushed. The reality is we've all experienced hurt. We've all been crushed, especially right now. And see, it's so easy for us to think of that our identity is based on what have I done? What has been done to me? But we need to ask, what has been done for me through Jesus Christ? Not what have I done, what have done people to me, but what is my identity based on what Jesus has done for me? How have you hardened your heart? Proverbs 28, 14 says, Blessed is the one who fears the Lord also, but whoever hardens his heart will fall into calamity. Mosaic, we want to be people that does not harden our hearts. See, life doesn't determine the condition of your heart. You do. If you're going to hold on to hurt and pain and suffering, or if you're going to choose to forgive people, to trust Jesus to carry that, to trust Jesus for justice. Charles Spurgeon said, the same sun that melts the ice hardens the clay. That hard times can either harden our hearts or can melt it away and cause us to turn to Jesus, to turn to him to be our strength. Let's not be people who have hard hearts, who are carrying on to anger and bitterness and rage and malice. Let's be a people who trust the way of Jesus, to give our hurt and our anger and our bitterness over to Jesus, to know that all our sin and shame and guilt and all our hurts have been nailed to the cross, and we can trust Jesus with everything. Would you join me in prayer? God, we thank you that you are our healer, you are our redeemer, that we can give our hurt and our pain and our suffering over to you. Thank you, God, that you hear us. God, that you heal our hearts when we are hurting. Lord, I pray for your strength in my life, in my heart, in my soul. God, just for everyone who's watching, God, that you would give them strength to forgive, strength to heal. Thank you. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, I want to encourage you to take the message you heard today and to apply it. And maybe journal some thoughts and say, what am I going to respond to today? What is my next step? And we want to encourage you to be, be a part of Mosaic. Mosaic is a family on mission together. And we're, we really have these Mosaic partners who have come together to say, hey, together we want to spread the good news of Jesus, that there's a different way to live than the way that the world says, that we can live free of guilt and shame. We can have purpose. We can have true community and friendships, and we can make a difference in our world. Our partners come together to say, hey, we want to live generous lifestyles and we give the first 10% back to God. That We are going to live in community. We are going to, to not just be on our own, but we are actually going to do life with others because life is better together to say that everything has come into my hands, my time, uh, my resources is, is used for God's glory. And so I'm going to spend some time serving others and, and, and looking how I can be a blessing because we've been blessed to be a blessing. We're going to look for opportunities on how to share the way of Jesus with our children, with our friends, to encourage people to ask questions, to, to learn more about him, to make disciples, people who are followers of Jesus. That's what we're all about here at Mosaic. We want to invite you to be a part of that. 
You can get more information on our website, mymosaicchurch.com. You can sign up to be one of our financial partners on there and to give that first 10% back to God. You can join a, one of our summer house groups to be in community with others because it's so hard to do this by ourselves and we need community with others. You can look for opportunities to serve others on there. We want to encourage you to be a part of what is going on. Well, now we're going to do something a little different and we're actually going to move into our time of worship. And I encourage you that to not turn off the screen, not turn off the TV, but to actually take this time to respond to God through song and let these songs minister to your heart and to your soul. Maybe you'll put your feet firmly on the ground, put your hands out in, in, in a posture of surrender, of receiving from God and say, Jesus, I need your forgiveness. Jesus, I need to give these hurts and, and, and this unforgiveness in my heart over to you. Jesus, I just need your spirit in my life. Jesus, I need your wisdom right now. Let's now move into a time of worship Together, we're going to respond to who God is with singing. Let's do that now.